0: This teaching is brought to you by Christian Family Church International. It's good to have you in the house of the Lord this morning. I know it's quite chilly outside, but it's warm in here. Amen? You know why it's warm in here? Because of our unity. So this month we celebrate the month of unity and um, You know, just the very God that we serve is the perfect example. He portrays unity perfectly. We have three separate beings operating together as one, never in discord, always in agreement with each other. And I would say that the reason why God is so powerful is because of their unification. And in the same way God desires for His body, us, To operate like that. So, we're going to speak about unity this morning, and I want to thank Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev for the opportunity that I have and the privilege to just share the Word of God with you this morning, and you know, that they trust me with that, and I am just completely reliant on God, so much so that we need to pray right now. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning and I thank you, Lord, that we can come together and and just learn about your will and your desire for us, Father. Thank you, Lord, that as we discuss and discover some uh, uh, traits about unity this morning, Father, that it will ignite uh, a passion in our hearts and it will inspire us, Father. Thank you, Lord, that uh, we will understand by your Spirit just how important it is for us to operate together as one, and what it is that we are able to achieve because of that. I thank you that this word will go forth in love, and it will be sown deep in the hearts of every person, and bring fruit for years to come, and I'm completely reliant on you. Thank you, Spirit of God. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, about three years ago, I actually uh, gave President Donald Trump a call and uh, I said to him that there would be a time where I'm going to be ministering on the subject of let's build the wall. So I asked him if he wouldn't mind just start promoting that for me because he has quite a nice platform. And so, um, and here we are, the days arrived and the buildup has happened. So I want to speak to you this morning about us building the wall. So I want to say let's build the wall. And the wall that I'm referring to is not the same one that, that you may be thinking of, but it is in fact the church. We have a purpose. There is a plan that God has for us. We are to impact this world. And so we'll look in the Word of God at just what importance building together on the wall plays in our lives as the church today. And we're going to reflect upon what happened in the days of Nehemiah when they set out to restore their city. They did that by rebuilding the wall and And uh, this morning, as I speak along those lines, we're not really building an actual wall. We may be having some things going down as far as building is concerned, and we're looking at turning over a wonderful new leaf as, as far as our mall is concerned. But I want to speak to you in light of it being a metaphor referring to the church, referring to you, referring to me, and what God requires of us. And not just what He requires of us, but what God is willing to do for us as we work together in unity. And so as we look at what happened in the days of Nehemiah and they came and and rebuilt the wall, I want you to see it in the light of where you are today in the church, where you are as part of the body of Christ today and listen to your heart and what God is saying to you. And if he's calling you to action, which I believe is what he is doing, then I'm saying uh, uh, respond to that call and get involved like the Israelites did. And see God work in your life and in the church and the impact that we will make through every single one of us banding together. As as far as Nehemiah is concerned, in those days when when the Israelites were exiled out of uh, Israel, they were taken into captivity in Babylon, and eventually they were allowed to return to their city, and so they did that. And when they began to return, and you can understand that this happened over a period of years, when they began to return. God set it in the heart of um, the people to rebuild the temple. And so they did that. But the wall, the Bible says, remained in ruins. Now, the thing about a wall is that a wall is a powerful symbol. It symbolizes strength. It symbolizes unity. It symbolizes protection. These are the things that the wall gives to a city. In fact, in the days of Nehemiah, if you didn't have a wall, You didn't have a city. It played a very important part of the city. It made a powerful statement. It uh, it represented God's protection. And today, as we are the church of God in this world, we represent the protection of the world. Do you realize that the reason why the world is still turning is because the church is here? We are the ones that give the world that protection. They don't always know it. In fact, they don't really want it. Until they realize they need it. But in the meantime, God requires for us to continue on building the wall. And so when Nehemiah approached the king that he was serving under, he was a cupbearer for King Artaxerxes. He had heard that the city of Jerusalem, really the walls lay tattered and no one had done anything to rebuild those walls. So the city was exposed the temple may have been there and their, their life, it was, there was some sort of balance in their life. But without the city walls, Nehemiah actually called it a shame. He called it, um, he said that it was a disgrace. And so he cried inside of himself and he cried out to God. He, he wanted that city to be rebuilt, but really it was God's cry for that to happen. God's picture of his city was never to be one where the walls lay in ruins and where the people were exposed and the people appeared to be weak. That's not God's will for the church. God's will is for for the church to be recognized as a powerful force in this world. And so um, if we look at Revelations chapter 21, we can see over there that God gives us a picture of the new Jerusalem, the new city. This is what God always intended it to be like. And if you go and read in Revelations chapter 21, you'll see firstly and very interestingly that The way that this city is described, it begins by talking about the walls. It tells us that the walls were strong and and they were wide, and, and that the walls had 12 foundations. That's interesting. The walls were built on 12 foundations, and those foundations were the names of the apostles the 12 apostles, which represent the church. So God is saying in the city of Jerusalem, the walls that surround the city, the very important walls are the church. And if we look at at the Bible in Acts chapter 2, verses 42, it says that the believers were devoted or the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings. So this is a core foundation of church life today is us as a body devoting ourselves to the apostles' teachings. And by doing that, just that devotion that the Bible speaks about, that is unity. And so the city of Jerusalem needed a wall for a number of reasons. They needed it for restoration. The city and the people were defeated. They'd only started to come back together as one as they uh, uh, came out of their exiled state. And they needed to uh, uh, return their dignity, if I could say it like that. They also needed the wall for protection against their enemies and against wild animals. And so, uh, again, the church, being a part of the church, really that is where our protection lies. Even you as an individual, being a part of the active church, the local active church, is talking about you having the protection. The other reason why they needed the wall is because they needed to be united at that point in time. The church, even though the, 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 uh, the temple had been rebuilt, the walls for at least 70 years after that temple had been rebuilt, the walls lay in tatters. No one had done anything about the walls, and so they were living in fear all the time. They were exposed all the time, and so God put it in Nehemiah's heart. He needed to go, and this part of the city needed to be rebuilt There there was a message that needed to be sent. They needed to send a message to their enemies to tell them that God was with them. The wall represented the safety and protection. And that is uh, what God wants for us today. We need to be sending a message to the world. We need to tell the world that God is with us. We need to be the ones to show the world where God is. And also they needed their identity to be restored. They needed their faith in God to be restored. We're talking about the people of God, the children of Israel, God's chosen nation. But they were disbanded. They'd been defeated, and they needed to redefine who they were. They needed to uh, come back to a point where they believed in who they were in God, and that God was for them, and God loved them, and God had a great purpose for this nation. And so this is all that building this wall did when they came together. There was so much that God would do through their action of unity, and it started there. Building the wall was the beginning of a new chapter in the life of the Israelites. The building of the wall was the start to the people's restoration spiritually and socially and economically. Because they were uh, in in a really bad state. They'd married with pagan uh, uh, tribes and uh, they were not uh, seeing eye to eye, if I could put it that way. They were worshiping idols. And, um, and so what needed to happen is they needed to be restored spiritually. They needed to be restored socially and economically. They was They were in a really bad state, even from an economical point of view. And if you read the book of Nehemiah, you'll find that once the walls had been rebuilt, then the next step happened, and the city began to be uh, re-renewed. They began to restore their houses. People that were corrupt and and, uh, uh, exploiting the children of Israel, that came to a stop. There was equality that began to happen in that city. And there was life that returned and prosperity. And they began to thrive. But it all started with the wall that needed to be built. It all started with them having to come together and working together in unity to a common goal. And by doing that, God moved in a mighty way over the people of Israel. Building the wall is a good work. I want to tell you that it says in Nehemiah chapter 2, verses 18, when Nehemiah shared this vision with the people, when he returned to Jerusalem after he'd received letters from the king that he would have safe passage back to Jerusalem and he could also uh, take timber from. From the forest that belonged, that was under his rule, he could, they could use that timber. They needed those supplies and resources to rebuild the wall. When he began to share this with the people, the Bible says in verse 18, then I told them about how the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king when he asked for the permission. And then the people replied at once, yes, let's rebuild the wall. So they began the good work. Getting involved in the local church is a good work. And do you know that the Bible speaks about this in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 10. It says, for we are God's workmanship. You are God's workmanship. In other words, you have been created by God on purpose. You are here at CFC on purpose. You're not just here to come to church and hear a message. God has a purpose for you. He has shaped And grafted you specifically to be here and to carry out a purpose, to get involved in building the wall. And so it says that he created us in Christ Jesus for what? For good works. You see, building the wall, getting involved, working together, making a statement, fortifying the church is a good work, the Bible says, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So that is a a day-to-day thing. Doesn't it sound like that to you? We have to walk in these good works. So as you are a member of the body of Christ and whatever function it is that you perform, it happens on a continual basis. It's not just about getting involved in one little project and then that's you as far as uh, uh, your portion of the wall building is concerned. It's a continuous thing that we have to live out. You see, Nehemiah had been given the vision. Apostle Theo, Dr. Bev, they had been given the vision of Christian family church and what it is that we are called to do. And even though Nehemiah was one man who had the vision, he could never have done it without the people. And in the same way, that the vision that God had placed in, in Apostle Theo's heart could never be accomplished just by himself. Never. And God knew that. He knew that the people would be needed, but He also knew that the people would be here. Why don't you turn and just look around. These are the people. These are the people that God has called together to see or to fulfill the vision that He has placed on the pathway of Christian Family Church. Can I have an amen? So, Even if we look at Moses and and Joshua and David, all of these great men that had uh, uh, the visions that God had placed in their hearts. And I mean, they all uh, uh, contributed towards building the kingdom, but they needed to have a team. It's interesting to note that Nehemiah, the hand of God was on... Nehemiah, I should have a sip of water. The hand of God was on Nehemiah before he even journeyed to Jerusalem. Even then, the hand of God was on him. In, verse, in chapter 2, verses 8 of the book of Nehemiah, it, it shows us there that, uh, you know, when he explains to the people how God had given him uh, the favor with the king, it says, because the gracious hand of God was on me. So this is what I want you to see, is that before the people even banded together, before they united and began to work on that wall, before they united to become a force to be reckoned with, the hand of God was already upon Nehemiah, but still he could not do it alone. He came and he needed a team. And I want to just show you what the definition of teamwork or unity is. It's when a group of people are brought together to achieve a common purpose or goal. You have been brought together here to achieve a common purpose, to achieve a common goal. And the appeal this morning from the platform, this appeal that I'm making to you on behalf of Jesus and Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev and and, and the team here at Christian Family Church is to say, come on, let's build the wall. Let's get busy with the kingdom of God. Let's make a stand. Let's work together. Let's unify. And really, I want to say right now up front, thank you to every single person that is already on the wall building team. I want to commend you this morning for your faithfulness. And for those of you that are sitting there and are not yet involved, I want to say thank you up front for getting involved. Thank you for rolling up your sleeves and and jumping in. You know, the Israelites, they were not just building a wall. They were shaping their future. That's what was happening. As you are involved in the matters of the church and God and His kingdom, we know that He tells us to put His kingdom first. You are shaping your future, not just yours personally, but you are shaping the future of this ministry. There's still so many things that God wants to accomplish through us. When we set out to build the wall, when we set out to do the things of God, there will be opposition. If we look at Nehemiah, their example, they had huge opposition that came against them. They were mocked and ridiculed and threatened. At one point, they had to build with one hand and and hold a weapon in the other because the threat seemed so real. But here's the good news about working together in unity. God was with them. God saw to it that every attempt of the enemy to come against them and to break what it is that they were doing or to prevent what they were doing from succeeding, God stopped that for them. And I'm telling you this morning, God will do the same for you. As you get involved, God's saying that His blessing will be there. That's the thing about unity. It causes God to work and move in a way that is supernatural. Unity. Talking about unity, let's just have a look at a couple of points regarding that. Number one, unity involves humility. We have to put aside our differences if there are any, even if they're in your own mind. Maybe, I don't know, you feel that you you're not worthy to, to serve in the, in, in the kingdom. Or maybe you feel that you're too worthy to serve in the kingdom. I don't know. But what I do know is that in Nehemiah 3 1, when they began to the wall, when they set out to do what God had called them to do, it starts by saying, then Eliashib, the high priest, and the other priests started to rebuild at the sheep gate. The first mention of the team's rebuilding starts with the high priest. Even he jumped in. The high priest was the first one to jump in. And all of the citizens really got involved. There were some within uh, their groups that were not aligned with the vision. But those that worked together, that unity was stronger than than, uh, uh, the the, the bit of disunity that that there was. Listen to this. Nehemiah was not in ministry. He was a layman. He wasn't even serving in the church. He was serving in the kings, a foreign king's court. As the cupbearer, he had a very good position. And God worked through him. So I'm letting you know this morning that it's not just up to those that are in ministry in the way that we perceive and understand ministry today. The full-time ministry. If you have a title, that means that you're the wall builder, my friend. But I, unfortunately, I'm not in the ministry, so I can't, you know, I can't pick up bricks and, and I can't uh, use cement. Those are metaphors right now that I'm speaking about, okay? But the point is that everybody got involved. In fact, in, in chapter 3 of the book of Nehemiah, as they begin to talk about how they, they went about building the wall, it actually shows us who the people were that got involved. There were priests and perfumers, traders, in other words, shopkeepers, business people, goldsmiths, merchants, rulers, workers, men, women, young and old. The whole spectrum got involved, They began to build the wall. Listen to this something else that unity does. The world pays attention when we unite. Can you say that with me this morning? Say, the world pays attention when we unite. The moment we begin to work together, what we are is a major threat to the enemy because he knows what we can accomplish, he understands the power of unity. And so in John chapter 17, verses 21, not only does the enemy understand the power of unity, but God does. Listen to the prayer that Jesus prayed in John uh, 17, 21. He says, My prayer for all of them is that they will be of one heart and mind, just as you and I are, Father, talking about unity. That just as you are in me and I am in you, so they will be in us. And the world will believe that you sent me. Jesus is saying, Father, when they unite, That's when the world will believe that you sent me. We are the ones that shine God's love. We are the ones that depict God's love. We are the one that reflects how much He loves the world. And as we work together doing that, Jesus said, look how He continues in verse 23. He says, may they experience such perfect unity that the world will know that you sent me. Jesus is saying that through our unity, the world will know that he was sent to them. So we have to work together. It's what God requires. There's so much power in that. In Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 1, when Sanballat, who was their the arch enemy, when Sanballat heard that the people had band together to build the wall, the Bible says that he was furious. Now, Sambalat is a type of the spirit of the world that is against the church today. Do you understand that the world does not want the church to succeed today? How many of you realize that? The world at large do not want to see the church achieve. Just like in the days of Nehemiah, there is a spirit of Sambalat that works against the church as well. And when I'm talking about the church, you understand I'm talking about you, Right? I'm talking about every person who's a member of the body of Christ. The spirit of this world does not want to see us achieve great things. It does not want to see us become an influence in this world. But as we unite together, we will be that influence. Because the enemy will not be able to keep us back. Just like Sanballat, no matter how upset he was, he could not stop them from building the wall. Unified focus causes acceleration. That's something else about unity. When we work together in unity, the Bible says that we will accelerate. And I'm, and I'm sort of paraphrasing that. Why? Because when they set out to build the wall, do you know how long it took for that wall to be rebuilt? 52 days. Not even two months. They set out. You, know, you need to understand, their enemies at one point said there's no ways they'll ever get this done. They themselves believed that they couldn't get this done. But when they banded together, and even when the threats came, even when the ridicule came, even when the opposition came, the Bible tells us, if you look in the book of Nehemiah, at one point they were afraid and they actually wanted to stop doing what they were doing. But what happened then was because, uh, uh, you know, Sambalat, that organized, they sent many threats to say, we are coming to attack you. But what happened was God gave Nehemiah another strategy. And in the same way, as we continue to build and the church is strengthened and becomes more influential in this world, sure, there'll be opposition that comes against us in many shapes and forms. But God will give us the wisdom to work past that. And again, you need to accept this into your own personal life. He needs you on the team. God needs you on the team and he'll see to it that you are taken care of because he needs you on the team. So, It causes acceleration. Two people working together are better than one, yes? Ecclesiastes 4.9 says that two people are better than one for they can help each other succeed. The wall was completed. Why? Because the people were determined. Listen to Nehemiah 4.6. It says, at last the wall was completed to half its original height around the entire city for the workers worked hard. So they were determined They would not be put off course. The enemy, this is something else about unity. The enemy will try to make a molehill out of your mountain. That expression sounds a little bit wrong, doesn't it? But the enemy, I want to explain myself with that. The enemy will try to make what you are doing to seem like a little molehill. He'll try and tell you that you're not really making a difference. He'll say that no one really notices what you are doing. He'll say to you, uh, you know, the, the people, they don't actually need you. I mean, what can you do? What, what are you going to do? All of those big roles and titles are filled. What, what, what difference can you make? And you need to understand that every person that, that worked together in the building of the wall, some of them, you know, there were so many different tasks that needed to be performed. But the key was in the unity. That's where the key lay. It didn't lay in who picked up the heaviest rock. It didn't lay in who put the most rocks down. It didn't lie in that. It lay in the fact that they were unified. And so the devil will try to discourage you and he'll say to you, listen, you're not really making a difference. And if that's you this morning, I want to say to you, don't listen to your critics. Listen to God. And I want you to know that your critic could be in your own mind. In fact, I think that's where most of our critics live is in our own mind. That's where the devil likes to hit us hardest. He'll come and discourage you and, and tell you all sorts of stories. He'll, he'll, uh, uh, maybe he'll have a, a rumor go around or, I don't know, he, he might. someone's having a bad day and you walk past them and because they're having a bad day, they don't treat you right, and there it is. That's all the reason you need to, get, to move on. Or maybe there's a, a bit of a reconstruction happening in a certain mall at a certain church and there's a certain amount of dust and people feel, well, you know what? I don't know, but the point is that we shouldn't listen to our critics. You know what else happens when we we come into unity? Our enemy will be humiliated. Do you want to see your enemy frightened and humiliated? Do you want to see that happen? Well, God says it will happen when you work together. In Nehemiah 6.16, it says, When our enemies and the the surrounding nations heard about it, they were frightened and humiliated. They realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. So when we work together, the enemy will be silenced. The enemy will notice. They'll stand up and take notice that God is with us, and there is nothing they can do to stop us. Amen? Praise God. Unity brings glory to God, because they realized that this could not have been done without the help of God. So it brings glory to God. Unity releases God's commanded blessing. When we work together, the Bible says in Psalm 133 verses one, "Behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brothers to dwell together in unity. Are you dwelling together in unity today? God says that it is good. He says it is like the dew that forms on Mount Hermon coming down upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded the blessing. That dew coming down from Mount Hermon would flow into the Jordan River. That was the life source of Israel. That was the life source. Our unity, God says, is the life source of the church. And He says that I will command my blessing to be there. He says, You will be fruitful. You will excel, you will prosper, you will be protected, you will succeed in life where there is unity. So I want to encourage you this morning, check your heart, check yourself. Is there an opportunity for you to get involved, to, be a, to, to unite together? Of course there is, we have all of the opportunity here in the world. Straight after the service, we have our growth track step four taking place. It's a wonderful initiative that has been implemented here in the church to give you, the church, an opportunity to live out the life that God has called you to. So I want to encourage you to get involved. Grab a rock. Let's build the wall. Let's be the church that God has called us to be. Let's be that difference. Let's make that statement. Let's be the protection that the world so desperately requires. Let's be that world, that wall. In the the city of Jerusalem in Revelation 21, that wall was built out of jasper, the Bible says, which is one of the most precious stones. The church of Jesus Christ is a precious jewel in this earth, in this world. And every single one of us is a part of that. And we have the opportunity to make such a difference. Let me close with a scripture. Isaiah 60 verses 18 says this about our wall violence shall no longer be heard in your land as we have our wall built neither wasting there will be no corruption the bible says nor destruction within your borders but you shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise hallelujah we call our our walls salvation in the name of jesus amen Thank you for joining us during this episode of Living Life with Dr. Theo and Bev Volmerantz. We hope that through this inspired teaching, you had an encounter with God. If you enjoy the teaching ministry of Apostle Theo and Dr. Bev Volmerantz and would like to enjoy more resources, we hope you will visit our website at www.christianfamilychurch.co.za or for our American listeners, www.christianfamilychurchessa.com.